Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Post 20 Podcast. You're now listening to episode 120 of the show. Uh, welcome back, or welcome if this is your first time listening. My name's Evan. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Matt. What's going on this week with you, man? Another simple week went by in a flash. Um, major things. We had the Super Bowl happen. Um, pretty intense game. Kind of got a little anticlimactic towards the end the referees started throwing flags but uh, end of the day the better team i would think everybody would agree on would won in the la rams um Bengals did cover though so since he in a way still won um and then we had the james harden move at the nba trade deadline so james harden's now with the sixers no more ben simmons so I think things are on the up and up. The Sixers are going to start pushing to actually win something this year now, which is going to be interesting to see these next uh, closing months. Yeah, um, it was it was a good Super Bowl. I thought. I mean, I I won some money. Um, a lot of free bets. You get a lot of free stuff uh, around the Super Bowl from sports books because it's the the first really big event of of their calendar year. Um, so that was good. You know, I won. I turned that those free bets into some actual profit. Uh, and I've been slowly losing it since then. But it was a good game. Um, won a couple pools. Won, helped some family win some pools. So that was good. Um, I'm glad that it's done. I'm glad that the NFL season is done. That shows a lot of work to do um, at, at post-20. So it's good that I'll get a break from that. Can refocus a little bit. Focus on work. Focus on um, the main show, you know. Um, and I'm excited. So let's go ahead and get into some of these games. Um, we had match day 25 go off. Uh, Chelsea and Arsenal was a postponed game. Didn't get to see that. That one had gotten moved. Um, but Manchester United and Southampton were the teams to kick us off. Game went off um, Saturday, February 12th. Manchester United and Southampton drew 1-1. Jaden Sancho opened the scoring in the 21st only to allow Che Adams and Gang to tie it up in the 48th minute with a goal uh, from Southampton. Now, I, I thought this game, um, you know, maybe had some stench on it going into it. It certainly did. Uh, United just really not up to the task of, of getting all three points. They did win today, but... Um, United, not not fighting quite like I think a team in their position should be fighting. Uh, I don't think the culture is very good, to be honest. Uh, it seems like from from all aspects of of reporting that Chris Armas and Ralph Ragnick uh, are not well liked uh, or respected by the players in the locker room, and that's a huge problem. I think United have been better since Pogba's been back, but. I think it's a culture problem. I think it's a coaching problem. Uh, and, and they have quite a few things to fix. In terms of stats for this game, we had United with 12 shots versus Southampton's 13. Eight shots on target versus their four. And possession was split pretty much right down the middle. Um, I thought <clears throat> Ronaldo didn't look that, that great in this game. I don't think Fernandez looked that great. Uh, it's good to see Sancho get a goal. I think it's been better um, that Pogba's been back. And it's nice to have Veron back there as well. But I think the more and more I watch this United side, I think um, they still need reinforcements. They need a more solid team. 
And it seems like Ragnick uh, sort of seems to think the same thing because he says all of these guys need to improve. So uh, good on Southampton for getting a point from this one. I think that's a, a really good one for uh, Hassan Huddle and his mob. Uh, they sit in 10th on 29 points, four points behind Brighton and Hove Albion. So they're in decent shape. And uh, United, I think they'll take a point, but could probably done more. Yeah, I think they're just... Um limping their way to the finish line here, waiting until the summertime where they can get Pochettino in, who's going to be their number one look for to replace Ralph when he takes a step back into the front office. So I think they're going to have to rely heavily on their talent alone to get them that top four finish. It's going to be tough. They're in a disadvantageous position now. They played the most games out of everybody in that uh, race for the top four along with West Ham. So Arsenal have three games in hand on them and they're only four points behind. Um, so it's going to be really critical for these next couple of games that they don't let um, results like this occur pretty often. But uh, to me, David De Gea has been player of the season for them. This guy's like year in and year out, the unsung hero for them. Um, even though Ronaldo and Bruno and uh, Varane and these types of names can take the headlines. But um at the end of the day, he's the one keeping them in these games, like uh, today's game against Brighton as well. So, um, like, yeah, I'm going to say that on them. But Southampton are really pushing forward here. Um, they, they're continuing their reputation of competing very well against established top clubs in this league. Um, and they're in a great position now in 10th. So um, I think right now their form's on the up. United's kind of iffy right now. They still haven't been defeated since uh, January 3rd. Um, so, I mean, you, you put more more pressure on them because they're the bigger club and people have more ambition with them rather than Southampton. You think Southampton's mid-table and whatnot, so nobody really cares about them stringing results together. But, I mean, they haven't lost in, in uh, five, six weeks now um, if you disregard the, the collapse in the FA Cup. But... Yeah, I don't know. It's 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 gonna be it's gonna be it's gonna be iffy going down to the wire for them. Yeah, absolutely. They need to uh, get some some three point victories here instead of these uh, these tiny little battles uh, that they went get one. Okay, uh, let us move on. What do we have? Oh, Watford, Brighton, Brighton escape with all three points, and this one defeating Watford. 2-0, this game at Vicarage Road uh, ended with the home team going into the lockers with nothing. We had Brighton scoring in the 44th minute. That was a Neil Mopai goal, uh, their main source of scoring, it seems, and Adam Webster in the 83rd. So I <clears throat> got a goal from the defense as well in this one. We had 11 shots for Brighton, 6 for Watford. Six of Brighton's shots were on target, whereas Watford only had one on target, and of course, Brighton dominated. This was another one where I just thought um, Brighton came out. They established the pace. They looked uh, they looked better than Watford, and Watford never really got themselves uh, into position to win. Now, it is Roy Hodgson um, in charge at Watford, so I'm sure they'll somehow manage to stay up, uh, but they, they continue to look very, uh, very, very, very poor, and I think you know, having Ismail Assar and Josh King and King Dennis up there, every once in a while it's going to get you a result, but uh, we're not seeing all of those guys play at the same time. We did see Sar come on in this game, but 
Um, he's of course still probably recovering from that serious injury he had many months ago. And I just don't think Watford have been the same really since, since he went out in the first place. So, uh, not a great result for Watford. Good three points for Brighton who currently sit in ninth place, just three points behind eighth place Tottenham. Yeah. We mentioned, um, Roy Hodgson in his first three games managing he, they, have only earned one point in those three, and they haven't registered a goal yet. So um, shows how much uh, lacking of talent they have there up front. It seems like uh, Dennis can't get the can't find his way back up there, and obviously it's going to take time for Saar uh, to get his feet back under him. But they haven't earned a, a win in the Premier League since November uh, against Man United. That four-one win um, that shocked everybody at the time, but. Yeah, they they just can't they can't stop anybody. We're seeing Brighton score two. We're they're they're letting three up against Norwich, four against a Leicester team that also has a awful defense in the FA Cup there. But they just don't have any solutions right now, and they're on their third manager of the year, and it's only been it's only been six months into the campaign and three different managers. So um, they're looking like the worst team in the league right now, even though Burnley's only won one match this year, they, they have an identity and a structure to them under Sean Dyche. And that seems like it's going to prove to be better than what Watford's doing right now. They're bringing in anybody that can possibly fill in the gaps that they have in those holes. We, we saw the, they enforced the back line more in January. um, But it's now it's back on the attack that's struggling. So I don't, I don't see a way out for them right now. Um, currently Roy Hodgson is definitely not going to be the guy to, to reinvigorate these guys and get them wanting to stay in the league. Uh, it's, it seems like it's turning into like, if you want to make an NFL comparison to like the lions after week 10, 11, you know, you're out of, the, you're, you know, you're out of the playoff picture. So they don't really see a, a, an urge to earn these results. So um within the next five weeks if they're in a similar position here with only 10 games remaining i don't i don't see a light at the end of the tunnel for them so um it's they're in dire situation yeah i i totally agree um and that's a great comparison i would say probably after three games you know the lions are dying. yeah uh, they, were, they showed more fight in them than this watford team under campbell oh i would agree i absolutely agree you know they say guys play really hard for for that cat i hear that all season long yeah and um, i don't think roy hodgson has that same no I'd, um, I'd have to agree he doesn't have that same aura about him right now <laughs> at, the, at the age of 73 or whatever he is yeah i would have to agree okay let's go on to a low scoring affair brentford nil crystal palace nil no goals at brentford community stadium in this one a good game a lot of contention um but nothing to be shown for it besides a point for each side. Nine shots for Brentford in this one versus Palace's six. Two shots on target for Brentford, whereas Palace had three. And the possession uh, went in favor of Palace at 58%. You know, um, both of these teams kind of lined up uh, how they usually do. No Tony in this game uh, for Brentford. He is, I think, injured. Um, no on Yeka in the middle of the park either, but other than that, uh, you've had Embuemo and, and Wissa uh, who've been slotting in. So, uh, you know, pretty much um, as good as Brentford can do. Zaha, Edward, and Ayu up top for 
Palace, which I thought uh, was was great. I like to see uh, Michael Alise, who's been great since they brought him in. Uh, Mateta, who's been great, and Eze as well. Uh, Alise and Mateta did both get subbed on, and Palace looked a little better when that happened. Palace have a lot of options. Um, I really think their roster in general is 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 pretty solid, but they couldn't get anything uh, out of this one. Edward not looking at his best, in my opinion. But I think it's it's okay to 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 have an off performance here. It's good to to just get a point in a game that you don't really know how it's going to go. Uh, Brentford sometimes they show up, sometimes they don't. But uh, yeah, I, I think Palace probably will have wanted to get all three here, but you can't you can't shake your head your head too uh, too hard uh, when you're looking at where they are on the table. They're in thirteenth uh, with that win or with that draw. They get a point that that puts them two over Brentford, uh, who have twenty four points in fourteen. And I'm sure Palace aren't aren't too upset because they're only they're only a point behind Leicester and Villa and and a win away from uh, Southampton. Yeah, I'd say Brighton would be the happier of the two here. They they earned their first points since uh, the beginning of the year uh, after a victory against Aston Villa, and since then it's been defeat after defeat giving up multiple goals, and it's also their first clean sheet since uh, the beginning of the year as well. So um, big positives for them there and Thomas Frank, but um, it's still not going to be good enough with the teams below them now in in uh, Everton and Newcastle. And you could you could throw Norwich in there as well over the last few fixtures. They're starting to figure things out a little bit. So if Brentford can't find a win um, in these next couple games, they're going to fall maybe even below Everton and Newcastle. But... For Crystal Palace now, they 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 got Chelsea coming up next, and um, Connor Gallagher won't be available because uh, in his loan contract, he's not able to play against his parent club. So that's going to be a huge loss for them. They're going to have to fill in that gap. But uh, Czech Kuyate should be available after his time off from Afcon resting there. Um, but yeah, I mean these these guys play, or excuse me, they they're they're at the same. Uh, area of the league table and it, it went in the way you, you kind of thought it'd go I, I i got this one right out of my five which i was happy about and um i mean yeah there's just not too much going on and after a week where zaha had an absolute scorcher and then a few minutes later had one of the worst penalties in this year yeah um it was kind of a letdown you kind of wanted to see him bounce back here against a, a level a level team along a competitive level i should say but yeah, I'm I'm interested to see when they're gonna integrate Erickson. I think in this this was the game they introduced him to the to the fans or the previous game I forget, but um, he should be available in the next couple games, and I'm interested to see how many minutes he gets. Yeah, I am too. Um, I'm interested to see if they ease him in or if they just throw him in and say we need help in the middle of the park. Let's see what you can yeah. do. Yeah, they need they need goals. They need goals. Yeah, I mean he's such Tuni- a Tooney's their top scorer with six right now, so it's just it's not good enough if they want to stay up. Yeah, um, Erickson was such an artist for so many years. I I, I wonder um, if he'll just start splitting defenses and opening things up. You know what? Sometimes when guys get older, uh, their passes get even sharper, even better. So uh, a guy that has the IQ or had the IQ once uh, for the Premier League that that Erickson had. It could be a really valuable addition, or it could be totally worthless. I mean, it's it's really one of those things where um, we just don't know because we haven't seen him play in so long. But okay, let's move on. We had Everton three, Leeds United nil. 
Frank Lampard's new new look blues, um, really, I mean, pretty much lining up the same way that they always do, uh, with a fantastic win against Leeds United. I will say this team looks totally different in terms of the um, attitude and vigor that they've been bringing uh, to their performances. They do have that one, I think, loss under Frank, but other than that, they've looked pretty good. Um, goals from Seamus Coleman, goals from Michael Keane, and goals from Aaron Gordon. Um, not getting anything from Richarlison and DCL, who were both subbed off at this point, um, or at one point, but really, really good performance. They opened the scoring in the 10th. Keane had his in the 23rd, and then Gordon uh, put the fork in leads in the 78th minute. I just thought that that Everton looked really, really deliberate. I mean, 21 shots, 10 of those on target with 41% possession. Um, they made the best out of the opportunities that they had, getting three goals, converting three from 10 shots on target, I'd say, is shooting at a pretty efficient clip. Um, and they didn't waste a lot in the middle of the park. I just think Leeds weren't up to the task in this one. Uh, they got 100% dominated. Dan James played striker in this one uh, with Harrison, Rodrigo, and Rafinha behind him. Dallas Klitsch and uh, Luke Ayling in the middle of the park with uh, Strzok, Koch, and Diego Lorente at the back. I just, they really um, didn't seem up to the task whatsoever. And I think Leeds have, have been outperforming um, kind of where I've had them in the past, I don't know, month or so. Uh, but this was the leads that that I kind of have have come to expect, and it was nice to see Everton win this one. I think they really needed it because uh, they are very low on the table, and it's great for their confidence as well as Frank's confidence in his team. Yeah, we're finding that leads are still having their defensive inefficiency as last year, where uh, they're giving up a ton of goals, but. Um, different from last year they're not able to keep up in the goals for category where they were around like a zero goal differential scoring 50 and giving up 50 but they've only scored 27 and they've given up 46 which is the second worst only uh ahead of norwich who've given up 50 so that's why we see them where they are now but yeah i mean Stuart dallas picked up an early knock in this game which uh he's a key player for them he plays almost every single minute of every game and um, he's he's uh, the identity of that like he's like a that he's like an intermediate guy between the midfield and the defense. So losing him was huge. Rafinha couldn't get anything going, and Dan James, after a great performance against Villa the previous game, scoring a brace, um, had a couple chances. One off the bar. Um, Rodrigo had a couple, and I think the chances were there. It was just the. Uh, Everton got off to a hot start, and it came from their captain and Coleman, who laid it out on the line to head that ball in. And from there, it would just—it just the ball kept rolling downhill and gaining gaining momentum. And I, you mentioned Richarlison; he did shoot the ball in the third goal, and I think it nicked Gordon's heel. Mm. So they—it was originally Richarlison's goal, and then they gave credit to Gordon. So he's kind of been popping off, and they've been giving DCL more and more minutes. They're easing him in, and. When he came out, they pushed Richarlison back up to that striker role, the number nine role, and put Deli Alley in behind. You're seeing little glimpses of old Deli Alley there. He just needs to keep getting more minutes, and it seems like they're doing well. Frank, in his first three games, two wins and one loss, they've scored eight goals and given up four. So 
um, attacking is not a problem. It's just in these, they need to get off to that early start to have have confidence because it seems like when they go down first, uh, most of the players' heads go down and they're expecting to be get get the get the brunt brunt end of the stick, really, if you want to, or the blunt end of the stick after that. But yeah, I mean, they're not out of the woods yet. Neither neither of these teams are still in that um, dicey area, but. It's only one win for Everton. I mean, they they lost four straight games in the league. Um, we'll see if Frank can take this this result here and make it so it's normal for them. It's consistent, and then they just have that hunger that we're talking about that Watford doesn't seem like they have to where Frank's a, pl- a guy that can get more out of his players because of who he is and um, and just like the relatability he has to these players. So I think it's looking all right for Everton. Yeah. I'd agree. Um, I think bringing in Frank was a really, really good move. I, I, I'm a big fan of him. I know it's kind of strange to say because um, not had a ton of success, but um, I think he's a good manager. I think guys play for him, and I think Everton made a great move there. Okay, yeah. Norwich nil, Manchester City 4. This game went exactly uh, as we would have thought. Raheem Sterling with a hat trick. One in the 31st. Foden uh, interrupted him and got one in the 48th and then uh, one in the 70th, 70th and one in the 90th as well for Sterling. Uh, I had uh, both teams to score no in this game. That's been my favorite bet uh, in games that City's been involved in. I took it again today and it, it came through for me. Um, City have been playing lockdown defense. It's too hard to bet on goal scores for them because their squad rotation is crazy and they can yeah. get goals from any part of the pitch. It doesn't matter. Defenders, midfielders, um, offensive players, wingers specifically. So uh, look into that, guys, if you're looking you know, to bet on City games. Both teams to score no is always around minus 150, which, uh, which I like. So, uh, okay. This game, uh, really just domination. I mean, we don't need to go into it much. Uh, Norwich tried. They tried their best. Eight shots, three on target with only 30% possession. Uh, whereas City had 22 shots, nine of those on target, and 72%. Um, no De Bruyne in this one. He had the game off. He saw um, Keiki, Liam Delap, who Pep has is a really big fan of and I actually think uh, is great. He, he's got a lot. Um, to prove still, but I think he has a lot of talent. He's a big guy. And then James McAtee, uh, he got some time too. So this was uh, one of those proving games where um, some of the younger guys got some time, and this was a a really good result for City, but I think this is pretty much how we all expected it to go. Yeah, Raheem Sterling's Sterling's back now. He gets a hattie here. Um, he scored another banger today in that 5-0 um, Champions League game you mentioned. So his form's picking up. I think he's surpassed Drogba now in all-time Premier League goals. He's like at 110 or something. Um, he kind of flies under the radar. You kind of forget how long has he's been in the, in the league. I think he's 28 now, and he started when he was 18, 19 at Liverpool. So he's been in the league for a very long time. It doesn't seem like that half the time, but... Um, sneaky, sneaky stat there, but yeah, I mean, you mentioned they get goals from everywhere and that's the most, that's the most appealing thing with city is as a manager, you don't have to rely on one or two people like say a Tottenham do, or, um, 
sometimes like these smaller clubs do. We mentioned Tooney at Brentford and Zaha at Palace. The, these guys are loaded. So getting goals from all over the pitch is a nice, convenient thing to have. But yeah, for Norwich, you just chalk it up. You just know going into this game, you're you're going to lose and you just move on. So um, they're still in an all right position. They're only four points from safety and they have 14 games to play. So um, just like Watford, they just need to clean up the back back line kind of play how Burnley do just soak it up and hopefully play for a set piece here and there but yeah I mean City move on it's their nine points clear at the top and seems like they're they're not going to drop another result for maybe a few more games yeah absolutely okay let's move on um well where's the rest we have here okay Tottenham nil Wolves two um Come on, here we go. Uh, Google didn't want to give me my stats. Raul Jimenez opened the scoring in the sixth minute. Uh, Leander Dendonker added one in the 18th minute, and then Wolves pretty much just sat back. Um, Tottenham tried their best to get themselves back into this game, but they just opened the game snoring. Uh, they they wound up having 17 shots, 7 on target, and 60% possession versus Wolves, who had 11, 7, and 41 um, but Wolves did a really good job of just making sure that nothing went in. Uh, Semedo, Aitnori, Saiz, Cody, and Kilman, uh, gotta, gotta really take my hat off and, and applaud them. Uh, thank you very much for locking down this Spurs side who did look dangerous at some points. Uh, I am positive that Wolves and, or that Spurs and Spurs fans, uh, will feel really, really hard done by um, by this result. I mean, they just came out so, so flat and it was too late. Um, you know, they, they picked their heads up in the 25th minute or so and kind of really tried, uh, from there on out, but they just couldn't get it done. It was too late. Letting up two, uh, is so hard to come back from and take all three points. And I think when you know that you're pretty much just playing to salvage, um, you just play in a different manner. So unlucky, Really, I think more than anything for for Tottenham to concede so early. Um, nice as an Arsenal fan because we have games in hand still, uh, and I just Tottenham just don't seem up to the task sometimes for some reason or another. Um, but but definitely kind of feeling for uh, for those guys. Yeah, I feel most bad for Antonio Conte. Just yes, he, sure. he knew coming. He knew coming in would be a task and. We talk about him as a manager. He needs the full support of, of the board and the front office and whatnot, and it just isn't there. They didn't give him enough to where he thinks he can succeed at what his job is. So, um, And it shows here they've lost three straight games now, and I think that's the first time I heard it since 2009 for Antonio Conte uh, personally in his career as a manager. That's the last time he lost three straight games. I think he was with Atalanta in Italy, so... He's a man that demands success and excellence, and he doesn't. I'm sure he doesn't believe these players have it. And I think it's too early to say with those new guys that came in from Juventus, they they still have to understand the English game and whatnot after playing in Italy for a while now. So you can't really see you can't demand it out of them. You need it. You need it out of those guys like Kane, Son, uh, Lucas. Like you need these guys to show them how it's done, and it's just not good enough. So. I mean, I, I picked this game the wrong way. I just I thought there would be a chance that maybe Harry Kane would pop out here, but Wolves were just too too concentrated and too focused in the back. So they're, they jumped Tottenham with this result. So now they're in seventh place 
um, two games in hand on West Ham and United in those fourth and fifth positions. So they have a real good shot here, and now it's it's brewing up for that rematch against Arsenal, as we mentioned earlier, that that game's going to be a very, very, very decisive result there um, for whoever gets the result. Yeah, absolutely. It's an important one, and um, I think Tottenham kind of turned the, the, the corner and had a downturn when that game was postponed. Um, mm-hmm. So it's kind of kind of funny because Arsenal have been all right since then, but um, yeah. that's an important one. It really is a lot. Uh, ways on that one and it's coming up pretty soon so Newcastle uh, versus Aston Villa is the next one this one fucking burned me I had Villa or draw uh, on my bets for the weekend and it was late Ollie Watkins had one drawn off uh, or drawn back rather from VAR made me absolutely sick Kieran Trippier uh, scored a free kick in the 35th minute great free kick for him he now has a broken foot Uh, fuck you Kieran Trippier cost me money this weekend uh but newcastle get away with a very well needed three points 10 shots on target for them 11 uh, or 10 shots for newcastle 11 for villa two shots on target versus villas one and uh newcastle on the low end of possession with 37 in this one newcastle currently sit in 17th place having got nine out of 15 points um, in their last five games, three win. Actually, no, eleven. I believe three wins and two draws in their last five. So, very, very impressive recent record for Newcastle. Uh, Villa not in the best form right now. Only uh drawing five out of fifteen um possible points in their last five. So, uh, I don't know. What do you think about about Villa right now? I mean, I I don't really think. They're threatening anybody. I think they're just kind of coasting here towards the end, and um, I don't think they're they're getting enough out of some of their signings. I think they're just coming out flat in some of these games. Um, we we saw in this game here, Trippier gets the early goal, and I'll mention that I didn't even know Trippier broke a bone in his foot. So they're saying that he'll be out until at least April, which is probably the worst player they could lose right now, maybe behind St. Max, because... In his two games he's played in the league, he scored two goals. Um, and he's their set-piece guy, and he's made a massive, massive difference for them when it comes to that side of the game. So that's really going to be a huge loss for them um, for the remainder of the time, uh, I guess, these six weeks without him. So, um, But yeah, back to Villa, it's just they, they, they're coming out flat. They're they are losing these games in, in decisive moments. The, the 3-3 draw... With le- with leads is unacceptable. They were up three one. They just needed to manage the game and slow it down, and they just couldn't do that. Um, as well as the draw against United, they go down two 0 early, and they have to rely on Coutinho to drag them back, which is seems like that's what he's doing in every single game he's been here. He's making a key difference, but yeah, that Stevie G um, flair is kind of dwindling a little bit. I don't know if it's as much as him rather than players executing the the game plan maybe. So I don't know if I'd put it on the manager as much. It's just they're not getting consistency out of these guys. Like the the red card from Kodza last week, the double yellow, that's 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 on him individually. That's just completely unacceptable. So I think there's just some inexperience there um, as well as just uh, discipline. So uh, and one more thing, I think Emi Wendia just can't find himself. Now that they brought in Coutinho, who's pretty much the same thing that Wendia was brought in for, 
it seems like he's kind of hitting the back burner. Um, and that kind of sucks after having a great season of the championship. But we've seen players in the past come up, like Mitrovic and, and Puki, that fire in the championship. And once they come to the Premier League, they kind of fall off a bit. So it seems like Bundy is turning into that type of player. But yep. um, yeah, they just they just need... It seems like they're going to have to rely heavily on Coutinho, Jacob Ramsey, the youngsters turning into a a uh, week-in and week-out um, playmaker for them. So I think once they get one more once they get one more player involved into some good form, maybe it's Watkins or, as I mentioned, Buendia, I think they'll, they'll start earning some results. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Um, let us move on. We had Burnley, nil, Liverpool, one. Burnley giving Liverpool the Burnley treatment. Um, Fabinho opened the scoring in the 40th minute. He's been pretty solid recently. But no more after that. Uh, Burnley came close a few times. I'd say more offensive than we've seen them uh, in some of these 1-0 games, but not enough to to take a point from this one. Eight shots on uh, eight shots for Burnley, five on target, 12 shots for Liverpool, and four of those on target. But Liverpool, of course, dominated the possession. After that goal, they sort of sat back a little bit more than I would have expected. But Burnley looked kind of dangerous at points in this game. So I can see why they just wanted to make sure um, that they'd get all three. And I will say, I, I'm going to eat crow here. Um, Weghorst looked pretty good, man. It seems yeah. like he's kind of fitting in there. Um, he's a tank, like like you said. I mean, that guy is, is massive. He's fitting in the way that they play. And... Uh, for, for 30 mil, I'd say he, he was a steal. Yeah. Even less. I think they paid like 20 some for him, but yeah, I mean, we, I mentioned his stats in the Bundesliga and I think that result last week against Man United, the one, one draw where he got that reverse pass assist to Rodriguez is a key figure why they brought him in. He's just such a big presence that he draws people away from others and can open space up for them to, open to to finish some chances and i think the weather in this game particularly against liverpool played into burnley's favor it's it was sloppy the ball's going all over the place the the pitch wasn't in the best condition so that can go into the favor of the the underdog more more times than not but this man fabinho the last couple games i don't know where he's he's getting these scoring boots from but he's a guy that's like like Angolo Conte, like he's never gonna sc- never scores a goal. But he's a poacher, it, though. Like he just poaches these goals and and goes in for second hand, second chance stuff. Yeah, he's not afraid to get in there and huh. mix it up. So the, I, I know they call him like a Roomba or like a vacuum there oh, among his because uh, he eats things up there and, and uh, cleans up the messes. But yeah, he's also producing on the goals now. So uh, I was hoping Mo Salah get a goal here, maybe, and uh, Mane made his return. So. No Jota in the starting lineup either. I know that's your boy. Maybe he should have started, but he did have a chance to score, but the Burnley defense cleaned it up well. And I think Nick Pope had a great game as well, but I don't think it's going to be enough for Burnley. They just need to... I don't know. I don't know what they need to do. It's tough. If I knew the answer, then Sean Dice would know it even before me, but they're just going to have to hope these games in hand they have go any possible way for them just if they if they have to draw every single game i think he'll accept that yeah okay um trying to find this next game last game no we have 
two more. Uh, yeah. Leicester City, two. West Ham, two. Jesus Christ. This was a barn burner. This one went all the way to the end. Jared Bowen opened the scoring in the 10th minute. Yuri Tielemans with a goal in the 45th, a penalty, that is. Ricardo Domingos Barbosa Pereira in the 57th minute, and then Craig Dawson in the 91st. Now, before we get into anything, I do want to say that Yuri Tielemans has already decided he will not be signing an extension with Leicester City. He is looking elsewhere in the summer, um, and I can't blame him. Leicester City have been chronically underperforming this season. should be said that they've been struggling with injuries, but uh, I think a player of the quality uh, of Tielemans deserves to probably be somewhere else. So uh, an extended role for Ndidi, I would say, will be uh, upcoming soon. Teams share the points in this one. Uh, really, really entertaining match. Leicester, I'd say, were actually the better team, which I wasn't necessarily expecting. Um, 13 shots, two on target for Leicester. 56% possession versus West Ham's 44%. Eight shots and three of those being on target. Um, lined up similarly to the way they always do. Jared Bowen has been the standout. It's been Bowen FC the past couple weeks here. Uh, a goal for Craig Dawson, but... Uh, the middle of the park has been where a lot of the creativity and and power has been coming from for West Ham. Not so much Antonio Fornals and Lanzini like it was for a couple months. Uh, and, you know, now they're getting it from the middle of the pitch from, from younger guys. Uh, a really, really good performance from Tillemans. A good uh, performance from the guys that have been slotting in for the injured Vardy. Uh, Pats and Daka put in a shift. Barnes and Madison, of course doing the shift work that they always do, and then uh, Ricardo Pereira getting a really nice goal as well uh, towards the end of the game. But I think West Ham were lucky to get uh, a point here. They they let this one out of their grasp really early, and I think they were lucky to salvage one at the death. Yeah, I agree West Ham was lucky to get a point, but I also think Leicester was lucky to get some out of this game as well. Yeah, uh, I think even before the game started, Kurt Zuma was supposed to start instead of Issa Diop. Um, there was the whole controversy with him and the cat uh, abuse in the video, whatever, and I think they said he pulled out uh, during warm-ups, but I don't know if, it, if he got injured, really. I think he maybe didn't want to deal with any chance or drama. I don't know. That's just me, but who knows? Um, but yeah, when the game started, you got that instant impact from the the change in Diop. He plays a early ball over the top to Bowen, and probably the best finish of the day uh, slots it clean in there. I think that's seven goals and seven for him in the league now, which is a great a great streak to have. Um, and then the Tillyman's goal, the penalty. I think that was lucky. The first one to be lucky. The Cresswell. Um, just unbelievably handballs it for no reason. There's no pressure around him, and it was unacceptable, and, and that was right before the half. So that completely changes the manager's talk. Um, Lester doubled their lead with a Ricardo header, which was nicely uh, delivered in the box from Harvey Barnes. And then Leicester City's downfall, man. The last 10 minutes of the game, they, they let in goal after goal after goal, it seems like, every single week. Um, and then that 91st minute on a set piece as well. I think they've given up the most goals on set pieces. I think they've given up 14 goals now from set pieces, which is unbelievable. It just doesn't seem like anybody wants to challenge for the ball. It's like they just wait and know that somebody's going to score on them from those. So inexcusable. Um, and that's been the story for Leicester here. And yeah, I think West Ham really, really, really were lucky to get this point 
um, to keep them a little bit ahead of the other teams behind them. But it's not going to be enough with with all the teams behind them having two to three games in hand on them. So um, they need to clean up their act and and really understand how to manage these situations better. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Um, And let's get to this last game, which was today, Manchester United 2. I don't know why I said Manchester. Manchester United (laughs) 2, Brighton. Now, Cristiano Ronaldo with a screamer in the 51st minute drew United ahead after Brighton dominated, I would say, for the first half. Uh, Bruno Fernandes with a goal in the deaths uh, in the 97th stoppage time to get a nice 2-0 victory for a United team that have desperately, desperately needed three points. So, Lewis Dunk got a red card in this game, so Brighton's going to be without him the next game as well. Not great. Don't really like to see that, but... Um, I would say that that didn't really have that much of an effect on the outcome of the game. Um, yeah, so United, 19 shots, 7 on target, 49% possession. I'd say a lot of this came in the second half when they looked much, much better, much, much more confident. Uh, 10 shots and 3 on target for Brighton, who, like I said once, um, were really good in the first half, I thought. Um, no Veron in this one. He was ruled out to illness, so... Um, the two incompetent, well, not two, but one incompetent guy, uh, Harry Maguire in there, uh, with a Lindelof who probably wasn't expecting to play this game. So not great. Um, one of the things that stood out to me in this game before I handed over to Matt was how immobile Harry Maguire looked. He does not look good. I don't know if it's confidence. Uh, I don't know if he's injured. I couldn't tell you, but he looked really, really poor in this one. Um, it's a good three points for United. They needed it. And I think Ronaldo needed a goal. Uh, you know, you don't, you don't really think about his confidence levels, but he's been poor recently. So this was good. He got the start. He got the goal. He played all 90 minutes. Um, and, and a really, really good performance from United, uh, about as good as you're going to get from United at, at this current state and time. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more on all those points. I think Ronaldo getting that goal is massive after having his longest uh, drought streak in his career, I think, for a long time since, like, 2009. But, yeah, the red card kind of changed things as well. It opened the game up more for United, gave them more time on the ball. But before that, it seemed like Brighton had more of the possession and uh, had more free reign on the game. And there's a lot of open space for them to do what they want with the ball but uh like like they've been all year the their identity they just can't put themselves in key situations often enough to to take the lead and i, I was a little iffy there at one nothing with united because their last three games where they've dropped points uh all three of those games they've scored first and they let the game uh slip away but they managed to double their lead very late on and defensively held on and i think De Gea again for me was a standout performer here the the motor save, I think, in like the 35th minute, he just full stretched, palms it away outside the post, and just shows the class he has, and shows why he's one of the top goalies in the league. So, um, Brian, right now, we, we I've mentioned before, they've never earned 10 wins in a Premier League campaign since they've got promoted. They have 14 games left, and they need three wins to get 10 wins. So, I'd like to believe they get that, but. They'll probably end with like 20 draws and 10 losses. That's probably true. Okay. 
Um, guys, I also want to say, uh, you just heard, you just heard of a notification for some reason. I'm just getting constant notifications on my PC. So I'm sorry. <laughs> Those noises that you're hearing are not from your phone. They are from my desktop computer. Okay. Let's move on. Uh, show's almost over. We have the predictions. Uh, we're going to include all the Saturday, Sunday, and then three Wednesday games for you guys as well. Okay, so we have West Ham taking on Newcastle at 7.30 a.m. on Saturday, February 19th. I'm taking West Ham in this one. Newcastle, uh, they've seemed to have been spurred on by one player, Kieran Trippier, and he's now out. Going to be out for a couple weeks, couple months. I, I don't know what the exact timetable is, so I'm going to go with West Ham in this one. I think they need three points here. I'd like to believe Newcastle now they're without Trippier. They need to get um, BG involved, Bruno Guimaraes. I think he needs to start in this game to really put an influence in the middle of the park there for them um, and keep the momentum going. But West Ham's going to be a tricky team for them, a very concentrated group of players that pretty much play every single game, just like the Leeds players do. They have a small group of players that always play. Um, it's going to be tough for Newcastle to break down. So I'm going to have to lean with you as well. With West Ham, um, who I am now five and twenty picking games, so hopefully we can make it six. I was drinking water when you said that. That is so insane that you're five and twenty with them. That is, I almost spit my water everywhere. That's nuts. Yeah, it's fucking awful. That is so bad. I know I have teams that I'm like that too, but West Ham have, have been a team I could read. Yeah, not me, though. Oh, man, that's crazy. Okay, Arsenal taking on Brentford. This one's giving me flashbacks from the first game of the season. How far we've come uh, oh, since yeah. then. How far I we've come. That. Yeah. I thought this season was chalked after that game. Um, okay, Arsenal against Brentford. I'm taking Arsenal straight up. I think we win this one 3-0. I think we batter them. I hope we do, at least. I think it'll be a tightly contested game. I think the extra... Um, rest for Arsenal is going to be in their benefit, obviously. And yeah. at the Emirates as well is going to be a big boost for them. Um, it's a London derby there as well, Brentford being from West London. So, yeah, I'm going to have to lean with you as well. I think Arsenal do get a win here. Um, no Martinelli, though, as well as Tamiyasu. So we're probably going to see like a Smith Rowe, Saka on the wings, and uh, Odegaard in the middle, which definitely can get the job done. Yep, for sure. Okay, Brighton versus Burnley up next. Oh, this one screams draw to me. Um, both of these teams uh, need the points. I'd say Burnley definitely need them more. They're currently in 20th with 14. Um, a win would put them level with Norwich on 17, assuming Norwich lose, which I think is a fair assumption. Um, but... Yeah, I'm gonna take uh, I'm gonna take a draw in this one. I just think both teams need it, and I think um, you know they they might squeak through for one each, or it could be a nil nil. I really don't I don't love the offenses on either of these teams. I would definitely give the odds favoring the draw, like you're saying. But I, I, the, these guys played the beginning of the year. It was a two one victory to Brighton. Um, very chippy game, but I'm gonna have to give the I'm gonna give Burnley a, a rare rare win because. I just don't have faith in, in Brighton putting these chances away. They're going to need an early goal in the first 15 if they really want to open things up and make Burnley have to change their game plan. Because if they get into halftime at nil-nil, I think Burnley will wear out that Brighton defense, and especially without Lewis Dunk now. And since Dan Burns moved on, they're really thin in the back line. So I think Weghorst can open up his, his goal-scoring tally. Yeah, okay. Awesome. 
Uh, let's move on. Liverpool versus Norwich City. This one's easy. Liverpool have always had Norwich's number for as long as I can remember. Go ahead and bet yourself. Um, three, that whatever Liverpool's team total on goals is, just bet the over. I'm sure it's around two and a half or three and a half. They usually win four or five nil. Um, and take you know both teams to score at no because this is this is free money. I'm taking Liverpool. Yeah, three of the last four meetings these teams have have met. Liverpool scored more than three goals on them, and Norwich have scored. I think what is that like five? Um, it dates back to that January twenty third, twenty sixteen game when Klopp was first in the involved in the team, and it was that crazy five four win with Lalana scoring in like the dying embers of the game, which was probably one of the best games you could watch as if you want to watch a Premier League game. But um, yeah, you have to go with Liverpool here. And I think this is a safe bet, like you mentioned, City, with uh, both teams not scoring. Yeah, okay. Uh, Southampton versus Everton up next. Wow, this could be a really, really fun game. This could be good. Um, Both of these teams, uh, you know, kind of mid-table, just existing. You know, that's what they've always done. Uh, except this season, Everton's all the way down towards the relegation zone in 16th on 22 points. Southampton currently seven points ahead of them in 10th place on 29. I'm taking an Everton upset. Yeah, I think that's definitely going to make sense here. I feel like Southampton is on the downslope of their um, form. form. Yeah. It seems like every single every three games, it's a win, draw, loss in, in random order. And I think this is definitely going to be a loss as well. So I'm going to go with Everton here. I think they can start streaking. Okay, cool. Awesome. That's, a, that's one I'm surprised that we're both on Everton. I figured maybe one of us would pick it, but I was trying to get a point on you there. Okay. Mm-hmm. Aston Villa versus Watford up next. I'm going to take Villa in this one. Watford continue their very, very poor form. I don't see the theatrics where they inevitably save and stay up uh, coming towards the end of the or coming until the very end of the season. Who did you take here? I took Villa. Oh, I thought you said Watford. I was like, holy shit. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I've, I've taken Watford getting draws or something or, or a weird result, and it just doesn't show. And I think I'd be a huge hypocrite if after all the review I said about them with Rui Hodgson not being a guy that anybody wants to play for. Um, but I don't think they can come up against a better opponent right now in, in this Villa team who's kind of fluctuating. But, yeah, I'm going to have to agree with you here. I'm going to have to go with the home team in Villa to get the three points. Watford just just can't. Can't they can't keep a clean sheet? So um, I'm gonna have to lean with Villa, like you. Okay, beautiful. Uh, Crystal Palace versus Chelsea up next. Ooh, could be a good game. I think this will be an yeah. interesting one. I'm gonna lean with Chelsea, um, but I I think Palace definitely have a chance in this one. I could see it being a draw. I don't think Gallagher. Yeah, I don't think Palace will win. They don't. They don't get to have Conor Gallagher because Chelsea is his parent club. Uh, And honestly, kind of for that reason, I'm I'm gonna give the edge to Chelsea. Yeah, we've won. We've won the last five meetings, and we've scored at least two goals in all those games. Um, Palace is a team we kind of beat up on. It it seems like, Um, and I definitely see the same result here. We're coming off of uh, a Middle East trip, winning the. The Club World Cup, which doesn't mean anything to anybody. It's just uh, like a little plastic trophy, as some people have mentioned on social media. Um, But I think we come back with a vengeance here, and I think Lukaku can get on the score sheet. So I'm going to go with uh, Chelsea. Okay. 
Um, Manchester City versus Tottenham up next. Really good game. Love City winning this one. I think City win. Um, it's tight. I think it's a good one, but I like them to get through on this one. I do think Tottenham probably score in this game. I just I don't think they're going to be able to keep up with City. Uh, they just their squad rotation is so good, and no matter what sort of team they put out there, uh, City are going to play as a better unit. It's just that simple. I mean, this is one of the two defeats that Man City have on the year. Yep. You go back to the beginning where Tottenham won 1-0 under Nuno, and it was like any stat line goes for City. They hold the ball for at least 65%, but Tottenham kind of equaled them in the chances created category. So it's not looking good with current form with Tottenham. They're, they're seeming like they're lacking any creativity up front. I think this could be a a turning point for them if they want it to be it could shake up things at the top of the table as well as be a big motivation boost for them in the top four race so i think tottenham have more to play for in this game than man city do obviously they're trying to close the gap on the title or open or widen the gap i should say in the title grace gap or yeah whatever but yeah um I just can't, in good faith, with what Tottenham's doing right now, pick them to win outright. Uh, I'm going to have to go with Man City with how Sterling's doing. I think he's just too much for that defense right now, and he, he'll he probably be on Royale's side, and I just don't like that matchup. Yeah, I agree. I think he's going to cook him up. Okay, let's move on. Leeds United versus Manchester United. Oh, Jesus. A rivalry. A strong was, 90s rivalry here. 5-1 last time. Yeah. Bruno Hattrick. Pogba. Four assists. I'm going to take United again. I think they get three points. I think they get it done. I just don't like Leeds uh, right now. I, I really, you know, they're a team that I've always kind of struggled to read. Uh, a team that I continue to, to, to struggle uh, with reading, but I just don't like Leeds right now. I don't like the way they're playing. Uh, they're they're missing Phillips. They've been missing him for, for quite some time now. And I just don't think that they're going to come out and play here. Even though United, I don't believe in whatsoever. I think they're, they're a better team. They have more structure than Leeds. I honestly think Leeds can get something out of this game. I think the rivalry helps. I think Dan James playing against his former club helps. Um... If if Ferran's not available, you're going back to Lindelof McGuire. You're talking about mobility. I definitely can see a penalty given in this game. I could see it being a high scoring game, like a two two. Um so I think I'm gonna go with a draw. Okay. Alright. Oh, excuse me. Alright, up next is Wolves and Leicester City. Uh, important game. I think the Wolves' uh, lockdown experience is is not sustainable forever. They need to get some goals here if they're if they're gonna stay in games where they're playing against teams that can also score. I I really think um, Leicester are at the point where they're coming back from being at the very bottom of the bell curve, and I just like Leicester to. To get some points from this game, so I'm gonna take a, a draw. That's crazy. I'm looking here at the the last five meetings they've had in the prem. Yeah, three of them have been nil nil draws. 
and the other two have been 1-0 Leicester victories. So both play lockdown defense. Different story for Leicester now with all their injuries back there. Um, but I'm going to have to go with Wolves, I think, have being the home team. And I think that structure they have, it's definitely going to be low scoring. But um, I'm going to have to give the edge to Wolves. Okay. All right. I think that's fair enough. Uh, Burnley versus Tottenham up next. The mighty Burnley are, I believe, heading... No, this game's at Turf Moor. So, Tot... <coughs> Excuse me. Residual COVID in my lungs. Tottenham heading to Turf Moor to try and take some points uh, from the mighty Burnley, who are known to lock it down uh, when they need it. I like Tottenham in this one. I'm going to take them straight up. Yeah, I'm going to do the same. I think they have to earn results sooner or later. I don't think it's going to stretch to five, six games. Okay. Uh, Watford versus Crystal Palace after that. Another Wednesday game at 2.30. I'm taking Crystal Palace in that one. Um, I'm going to lean to a draw. I don't think both teams will be... I don't think both teams maybe come out flat here. I don't, I don't see Watford getting a win, but I definitely think Crystal Palace may drop the bag. Yeah, okay. And then Liverpool versus... Leeds United uh, on the 23rd as well. It's, that could be a better one. I'd probably lean towards maybe a draw on that one instead of the, the Leeds and United game. Really? Uh, like what's, what's the difference that you see? I hate Liverpool more. <laughs> no. Um, I, I, I think Liverpool maybe, like I know they're in second place here, um, but I think that, that they are mortal as well. I think they're much, they're so much more mortal than City. And like, we know Chelsea are mortal at this point. There was a point yeah, where. But I'm asking you about them and United, because when you're talking about the United leads, yeah. you're saying they're more structured, and it seems like, but at the same time, you're talking about how Maguire is moving like a, a, a rock, <laughs> and Lindelof is just uh, oblivious to where he is. Yeah. And it just doesn't make sense to me how you could think that Leeds don't have as good of a chance against United as they do Liverpool with Van Dyke playing top quality. Well, Matip's yeah. doing well. I don't know. I just find that interesting. No, I, I, I mean, I think logically, logically, yeah. you're absolutely correct. Like 100%. Um, but but that's some, not how it always goes. Sometimes I have to go against the logic. I yeah, think Liber- right. Liverpool are a way better team than, than United. Like it's, it's, yeah. it's clear as day that that's, that's true. And the Liverpool back line is better as well. Um, but I just, I think sometimes the way that the teams come out, depending on, on when this, the games are, um, Leeds are going to have only three days of rest. I mean, the more I look at it, I should just take Liverpool straight up. Um, but I just, so, something's telling me. Something smells about this game. I think Liverpool are due for a slip-up. Um, they've been really, really good in their last five uh, out of a possible 15 points, they've taken 14, I believe. Um, no, 13. 13. So really impressive form for Liverpool. Uh, I just think they're due for a slip. And when I count Leeds all the way out, that's when they get a point or they win. So I'm going to take Leeds uh, to, to draw that game with Liverpool. All right. I'm, I'm going to go with Liverpool here outright. I think yeah. that... They just have too many openings back there to where 
it's going to be similar work rates between the two teams. Both work very, very high, high presses and and high energy. And I just think Liverpool's man-to-man comparisons are just better. And I think it could be a very open game to where it's like five goals in it. Yeah. Okay. I can see that too. Hopefully, it's a good watch. I mean, I, I, yeah. I think Leeds can open things up, um, depending on if it's their day or not. And Liverpool, you're you're bound to get a good performance from them. I am curious to see if uh, if our guy, uh, my guy, uh, Jota will be will be back starting against against Norwich this weekend. Yeah, um, it's they got a, they got a lot of options, man. I know they got, yeah. they got a, a back a backup squad that can start like City for any team. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, and I mean, we're seeing Salah and uh, and Mane, you know, get their get their time back too because those guys were just coming off uh afcon and i'm sure they'll be in better shape and and ready and raring to go against norwich city this weekend so guys that's everything thank you for listening um i was six and four and you were five and five this week right that's what we decided on before the show if you want to know the overall like for the season yeah um you are 110 and 124 I'm 108 and 126, so I'm a couple games behind you. And then uh, Zach's is 18 and 12, so percentage-wise, he's the best. But yeah, yeah, he's doing well. Hopefully, we can get him back maybe one or two more weeks to see if he can drop down. But uh, he's in a good spot. But yeah. we've definitely we've done a total of what is that? A h- 224 matches we predicted. That's a lot. That's a lot of predictions. And we probably got another 120. Yeah, probably. At least. All righty. Um, guys, thanks for tuning in. A little bit of a longer episode for you. feels good to do a longer show. Uh, sorry I missed last week and glad to be back. Yeah. Um, well, I have a lot of a lot of energy, a lot of renewed energy, and I'm, I'm excited to be watching these games on the weekends. So, guys, thanks for listening. Make sure you check us out on social media at post20pod cast i think uh twitter and instagram i keep forgetting to do the plugs so uh i i missed that one on the last nfl show and the last uh premier league pod i didn't miss it this time at post 20 podcast on twitter instagram make sure you check us out uh where you can find podcasts spotify soundcloud and apple podcast as well until next week take care of yourselves um Enjoy yourselves and stay safe. We'll see you tomorrow or next week. Jesus Christ. Good night.